0: Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast, I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future. There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020 I want to pretend like it didn't happen and to me I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body and so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why this series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward or do, or do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way? Whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, What do we do when those moments happen? And how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future? And you guys know I love my challenges or the magnetic moments that I give you. And so the challenge in this series is to, for the rest of December, keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020. Anything painful, And as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that, I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing. Lastly, if you do find this series thought-provoking, helpful, inspiring, please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one. You guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast, and so it means so, so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way. If you do listen, consider taking a screenshot, throwing it up on social media, and tagging me. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening hear your feedback and your responses so please tag me in something send me a direct message on instagram i always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me and with that please enjoy this release 2020 podcast series Well, welcome to 2021, everyone, and welcome back to the Crescent Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and I was coming into a lot of resistance recording this episode. It's my version of the Release 2020, or my turn to answer all of the questions that I was asking my guests throughout the Release 2020 series, and it's so funny because. The whole series was really meant to inspire you as the listeners to not just repress and pretend that 2020 didn't happen, but to really dig into some of those emotions, process them, you know, work through them, and then ho- hopefully get to a place where you learned something from all of it and then release all of it at the same time. But it's been really interesting because. I've sat down to do this episode a couple times now, and each time I've just run into this resistance of not wanting to do it. And even though I have spent time thinking through 2020 and processing a lot of it, I think just seeing how much resistance I'm having to doing this episode shows that there's more to work through. Because what I found with myself, at least, is after I've really processed through something I've come to terms with it. I don't have as hard of a time talking about it. And so again, I think the fact that I was having a hard time sitting down and sharing my thoughts on 2020, it just shows that there's more for me to process. So I'm gonna take that and take that into some journaling sessions and some meditation sessions and continue to work through it. But one of the things I was sharing too, right around the new year was, look, if you haven't made your list of Goals or intentions or resolutions by January 1st. Don't sweat it. You're not behind. There's no reason why you need to have it all done on that day. I tend to really get the time to do it sort of mid January, honestly, which is really where I'm at now. It's just for me with the holidays, you know, you go from Christmas straight into New Year's and I tend to just not have the energy or the time and space to really sit down and process things at the level that I'd want to to be able to release the previous year, set some really good intentions for the next year. So if you're listening to this and you feel like you didn't get to do all of those things, but you're feeling like, "Oh, because it's middle of January, I I can't really set intentions. I missed it. I missed the boat." This is me saying, no, you didn't. You can still sit down. In fact, this was something I did last year where at the beginning of every month, I actually revisited my resolutions or my intentions from the start of the year and went over them and reminded myself these are my goals. If anything needed to pivot or change, I changed it. So resolutions don't need to be set in stone. They can be a starting point for us that we can then branch off from as the year goes on and as things change or maybe as we overcome certain things, we can add new things to the list. But I do think there is a lot of value in sitting down and just asking yourself some general questions about the coming year? What are things I can change? What things really held me back last year? What things really pushed me forward? How can I incorporate those more into my life? And questions like that. And again, it's never too late to ask those questions. (laughs) But getting into my release 2020 episode, I did want to give a little bit of context because The first question I asked all my guests was to share their age, their profession, um, where they're living so that all of you could really get an idea of where they're at and their experience through COVID, how COVID really impacted them. And so I think it'll be fun for me to go through and answer all of those questions as well. So to start, I am 25 and I'm living in... Orange County, California. And actually, at the start of 2020, I was working as basically a marketing director for a small local company. But in March, they had to close everything down. It was a local spa. And so they could not take any guests, any clients. And it's just a small company. So she, the owner, did not have the funds to keep me on. And so at the start of March, I found myself jobless, actually, which it was really it hit me really hard in the beginning because it really did come out of nowhere. I think me, like so many of us, we had no idea what was actually going to happen. And in my mind, I was really thinking, oh, there's no way they're going to close businesses down. There's no way they can do that. How's anyone going to make a living anymore? And. I just was proven so, so wrong. And so, you know, it was like one week, everything was fine. A week later, I had no job and it just came out of left field. But thankfully, I, you know, had some resources saved up. So I wasn't in a total panic, but I did jump right away into looking for the next thing. And to give even more context, that same week, actually that same day that the owner of this company said that they were going to have to suspend our contract, I also had received basically a stage one breast cancer diagnosis. (laughs) And so within the same day, I found out I had lost my job and had stage one breast cancer. So not great, but Thankfully, what the doctor had told me was we had caught this very, very early. It was non-invasive. We can schedule a surgery to remove it. So it wasn't like code red, you're going to die. You need to get on chemo and radiation, which um, was a huge blessing, but also didn't take away from the fact that it was and is a very serious thing. And I think emotionally, the news of both of those things along with some other personal stuff that I don't think I'm quite ready to share yet, I was absolutely depleted. It felt like I couldn't even get out of bed. While I wasn't needing to do chemo or radiation, I started a very intensive treatment schedule at a local integrative cancer center, Cancer Center for Healing in Irvine, California. And again, all of it, I think I was doing a lot of detoxing. So it was pulling a lot out of my body, which was exhausting. And then just the emotional weight of everything that was happening just wiped me out. But thankfully I had people in my life who were saying it's okay. I, you know, I was nervous about not having a job and not having money and feeling like I needed to rush into the next thing, even though my body was very much saying you can't handle that right now. And I'm so grateful that I had people in my life who were willing to step up and (laughs) help take care of me, help me take care of myself and just say, it's okay to just rest. It's okay to not do anything. It's okay to not be productive. And so um, I really did take about two months to just rest and heal and process. And so I ended up, as I was spending a lot of time at Cancer Center for Healing, absolutely falling in love with the clinic and the practitioners and all of the staff there. And by total chance, they ended up having a position open up for a digital marketing specialist as part of their marketing team. And I submitted an application. And so I actually started working there on the marketing team in June. So I really did take... At least two months off, which was a bizarre thing for me. I've never in my life had two months where I didn't have some kind of commitment. And it was a huge lesson for me of, I know that if I had tried to, as soon as I lost my job, jump into the next thing, I think my recovery would have taken much longer because, like I said, my body just didn't have the physical capacity to handle everything that was happening. And so I spent, starting in June, I was working at Center for New Medicine part time and then still maintaining my podcast and my website the rest of the time. And that really was such a blessing to be able to doing something that I'm great at, which is marketing, but for a company that I absolutely love and I'm proud to promote and share the information they have, which is a big, big thing for me. I can't really compartmentalize my life. So wherever I'm working, it needs to be a place that really aligns with my values. And I'm so happy to say that the Cancer Center for Healing really is one of those places. But getting into the next question that I asked my guests, which was, what was the biggest way that COVID impacted your life? And did you find yourself more stressed, anxious, scared, or even depressed? So for me, the biggest impact, I'd say, was definitely losing my job right at the start of it and not expecting that at all. But once I was working at Cancer Center for Healing... Not too much else changed in my life, except maybe the time I was spending with friends and family was obviously, you know, cut in half because we just weren't connecting as much. We were isolating and um, following all the regulations at the time. Being an introvert, not being able to physically see people didn't have much of a psychological effect on me because I'm so, so comfortable being alone. But where I found myself getting really, really anxious was I think just feeling the collective panic and fear and isolation that everyone around me was experiencing. So while I felt very safe and in control in my body and um, okay being alone, I, being a huge empath, felt like I was just experiencing and taking on those emotions all around me. Even going to the grocery store was such a stress-inducing experience because I could see the look of fear on certain people's faces and feel that stress that everyone else was feeling and So I, you know, just going through the grocery store aisles, I could feel my stress and my anxiousness increasing, not because I was scared or nervous or anything like that, but I really think I was absorbing the energy of everyone around me. And so I'd leave the grocery store just feeling completely depleted and got to a point where I just, I didn't want to go to public places again, not out of fear, but just out of not wanting to absorb that collective fear and stress and anxiety. It really felt like we went from a community of people to all of a sudden, every man for himself. And, you know, if you got a little bit too close to someone in the grocery store, you might get yelled at or shamed or get some kind of mean look and that was really really hard for me to take on it felt like exactly like all of a sudden each of us were put on our own islands people weren't there to support you anymore they were there to look out for themselves and their families and that was it and i'm not saying this is how everyone's experience was but this is how it was for me and very much what i was feeling when i was out in public and It really broke my heart seeing that, seeing that in these desperate moments, in a way, we all got pulled apart from each other. And suddenly that person behind you at the grocery store line wasn't a friend or a neighbor. It was someone who could potentially get you sick. And so, you know, you're going to get shamed or looked down upon if you get too close. And it just, there wasn't, I didn't see a lot of, grace or compassion or understanding when it came to people being able to deal with their fear in a way that was still respectful and honoring of their fellow person. (laughs) I had some really beautiful conversations with my aunt and my stepsister and you know my aunt was explaining to me that She does get uncomfortable if someone gets too close to her. And it's not because she's afraid she'll die from COVID, but just because if she gets sick, she won't be able to go to work for two weeks. And that's a huge inconvenience for her. It's a loss of income for her. But when people would come too close to her and it made her uncomfortable, rather than lashing out at them or shaming them, trying to make them feel bad for that, she would just explain that to them in a calm way and say, hey, Um, I'm not afraid of you but I don't want to get sick for these reasons and so I would appreciate it if we kept a certain amount of distance between us and that was so refreshing for me to see rather than you know some extreme reaction that was meant to make that other person feel degraded or as though they had done something wrong and but it really took me most of the year to process all of that and find a better way to release that anxiety or not feel that anxiety. I I think with my health and with work and all of the changes in my life, that the anxiety that came from COVID was really the tipping point for me of, okay, I don't have the capacity to manage this and think through this right now, I really did for most of the year feel like I was just surviving. And I've never had a year like that before. Normally, I, if a situation happens that I'm uncomfortable with or something doesn't go the way I was anticipating or I'm I am feeling more anxious, I will sit down and try and process through that. But I found myself this year just kind of numbing out. And I watched way more TV and went on social media way more than I ever have in my entire life. But I'm not judging myself for that. I'm giving myself a lot of grace because that's where I was at. And even in the midst of it, I knew this is not where I'm going to be forever, but this is where I'm in right now. And this is what's getting me through this time right now. And that's okay. But I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent. So, the next question that I was asking my guests is what made the stress worse? For me, it really was just thinking too far into the future and asking questions to myself like, how long is it going to be like this? Are we always going to be separate? Is, you know, is community gone? Are we no longer going to be able to gather in groups outside together? Are we no longer going to be able to support each other as a community? Are we forever going to be estranged from our neighbors, from the person in the grocery store? And I would just go down these mental paths that obviously lead to nowhere, right? Because none of us have those answers. And so what what would make it better is pausing and telling myself and really going through this thought process of, look, Leanne, You have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. You have no idea what next month or next year is going to bring. But you're alive and you're on this planet. And all you can do is show up as your best self in any given situation. And so this is the situation you're in presently. Thinking about the future and what may be or what might not change isn't going to help you get through this moment now. It's only going to make it worse. And so how can you show up as your best self in this moment now? And so it was taking myself back to that, that, really that root of who I am of, look, even if all of my worst fears come true, all I can do is show up as my best self in that moment and get through it and pivot and adjust and be flexible and grow into someone new. But worrying about all of that isn't going to help me here and now. And so it was really stopping myself from going too far into the future bringing myself back to the present and then just reassuring myself that no matter how bad it gets no matter how bad i think it is right now all i have control over is me and myself i don't have control over my neighbors over the people at the grocery store over the people in power our government i only have control over me and i do have control over my emotions and how i respond and so it was really taking my power back in a way that said, these other things don't have to dictate. I can find peace outside of all of this. One of the other things that really, really helped when I could just feel my nervous system getting super overexcited and anxious was tapping. And this is something I've known about for a few years, but never really gotten into. And to be honest, I don't even remember how I came across it. I think I had had the app, the Tapping Solutions app, downloaded on my phone for some time, but just had never done one of the guided meditations. And so one day, I think I just decided, okay, I'm going to do one of these meditations. And it ended up dramatically reducing my anxiety by the end of the whatever 10-minute meditation. And that's really the only thing that I've ever noticed such a huge impact. So right away, I was like, okay, this is going to be a bit of a lifeline for me to get me through the year. And I really started, I would just pull up the app and do a guided meditation anytime I felt myself getting stressed or anxious. And I'm telling you, it really calmed me down. I'll make sure I link that app in the bio because it's been a huge lifesaver for me. I know tapping doesn't doesn't work the same for everybody I think it's it's just like anything you have to find what works for you and what works for me may also be the key for you or it may not but it's trying all kinds of different things I love the tapping solutions app because it's a guided meditation that really walks you through it's not just like you have to just sit there and try not to think at all I haven't quite gotten to that point yet that's really hard for me to do so these guided meditations really help me and then They guide you through tapping on different points of your body to really help take your system from fight or flight into that rest and digest state. But I was really challenging my guests to ask themselves, when you're stressed, what do you default to? What is your default response And for me, I've observed myself closely and I've known this for many years, but my default response when I'm stressed is to isolate myself and sort of the default feelings that come up when I'm in that super stressed state are that I'm all alone, that I have no one to support me, no one loves me. And so now I know because I've learned this about myself over the years, now I know when those thoughts come up. They're not true. It's just an emotional thing that's happening because I'm stressed. And I use it as sort of a warning sign to say, hey, this is how stressed I am. And so now I'm at a point where when those thoughts come up, I don't believe them anymore. I'm able to say, again, this is not logical. This is emotional. But what I will say this year is I isolated myself a lot. And it's not that If friends reached out to call, to get on a call or to meet up for an outdoor walk, I would say no. It's just I wasn't reaching out to anybody. I was only spending time or communicating or catching up with people who were reaching out to me. And that was just, that was my way of coping. I didn't have the capacity to check in with everyone all the time. And some of my relationships did suffer because of that. I have people in my life who are huge extroverts and they love checking in and doing things and feeling like they're always involved and I couldn't go there last year. But again, I'm at a place where I'm really trying to have so much grace with myself and I hope those people can too. I can't go back and make sure I was checking in with all of those people But I can look at it and go forward and say, hey, if this next year is going to be just like last year, do I want to live it in the same way? And for me, the answer is no. I do want to make some adjustments. Again, last year I was absolutely at capacity in terms of what I could handle. And that's okay. I know each and every one of us really did do our best and get through it in the best way we can. And Maybe some of our relationships did suffer. Maybe we were less patient with our family or our spouses or our kids. And again, I'm not here to say you should have done this, you should have done that. But all we can do is say, this is how I responded. And again, do I want to continue behaving this way going forward? So going forward, things or strategies I'd want to put in place to help me cope a little bit better would be to really schedule in more meditation time or stillness time last year i just i fell into numbing out as i think many people did and like i said i've never watched as much tv or gone on social media as much as i did last year and it didn't feel good it didn't help but it kept me in a place where i could keep going to the next day but I don't want my next year to be like that. And by the end of the year, I really did find myself craving just stillness and quiet and no external input of anything. And so for me this year, a big, big intention or resolution was to meditate at least once a day. And I've actually been doing it twice a day through the Tapping Solutions app. And it is just so grounding and calming and helps me come back to my center and not avoid the painful emotions, not let those feelings go unchecked. So that's a big, big one for me. And then I think the second one would really be making sure I'm maintaining those deep, connections with friends and family and that doesn't necessarily mean for each of us it will look different you know I have friends who I'm sure they'd love it if I texted them every single day I'm never going to be that person and I know that about myself but I know that I can check in at least once a week and maybe it's a 15 minute phone call or a 30 minute phone call but really making that a priority so that those relationships don't go on suffering and sort of diminishing for another year. I also found myself last year craving connection, craving a deeper connection. And I felt like when I was with people or I was in a discussion with people, there were really only a few topics that people wanted to talk about. It was COVID or the elections. And I got to a point where I was just like, I can't, I can't talk about these anymore. I can't repeat the same thing I've said over and over to 20 other people anymore. And I missed just being able to say, how are you? What are you going through? And again, part of that was on me. Part of that was I wanted those deeper connections, but I also didn't have the energy to initiate them. But it was really interesting because once I started my Release 2020 series and was almost on a daily basis having some deep conversation with a guest, I just felt myself come alive and wake up because that is a huge thing for me. I hate shallow conversations, I hate small talk. I want to go deep every single time in terms of when I'm discussing and having conversations with people. And so, I saw how much that lit me up and I've known that, but I think I lost track of it a little bit this year. And so that will be a big priority for me this year is really making it a priority to connect deeply with people on a consistent basis, at least on a weekly basis, if not daily with certain people. So that's (laughs) some of the heaviness for me, I probably could go on just rambling for hours about everything from 2020. I think all of us could. And so releasing it is not going to be a one-time thing. I I know I have more to process and get out and a lot of that's going to be through evox and counseling and meditation and conversations with friends, but it's something I'm committing to because I know that repressed emotions over time can lead to very real physical disease. And I don't want that. I don't want that ickiness and those repressed emotions being held in my body for the next 5, 10, 15 years. I want to get them out. But I do recognize that, that it's not a fast process, but I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to really heal from 2020. But To end on a positive note, there were absolutely plenty of highlights from 2020 as well. What I've seen for me is my most difficult years always tend to be the years of the most growth. And for me, there was so much subconscious stuff that was released this year. I've talked about... Evox before and I plan on having an interview d- discussing all about Evox and how it helps you bring up subconscious beliefs that you may have picked up from childhood or even inherited generationally and how it helps us release those things and so there were some big heavy things that came up for me this year in going through Evox and then doing some other subconscious work throughout the year and I could and I probably will do a whole podcast episode on those because they're so big, but really some of the big subconscious beliefs I overcame this year that had been holding me back basically my entire life was the subconscious belief that I was not worthy of being known and that it was not safe for me to be known, as well as the subconscious belief that I do not deserve success. And then a lot of subconscious beliefs around money, that money is bad, money is shameful. It's shameful to make good money. And so those were really three big, big things that I worked through and overcame. And I'm at a place now where I can say I deserve to be known. I deserve to be seen. It's safe to be seen. I deserve success. And... I deserve to make good money I deserve it's not shameful to make good money and it's it's just like all of these invisible barriers just came crashing down and I feel like a whole new person and I'm so excited for this year and everything that this year is going to bring like I said the subconscious is a massive topic all on its own but you can expect a lot of discussions and posts and articles on the blog around the subconscious this year because I have just seen how incredibly powerful it is. And if we don't address those beliefs that are lingering in our subconscious, we will. We'll come up against all of these inv- invisible barriers and we may not even realize those are the things that are holding us back. Whew, so... <laughs> That was my release 2020 episode. I hope you guys found it helpful or just something that you could relate to a little bit. Again, I I feel like I could just talk for hours and hours releasing everything. So I did want to try and condense it. There's so much more I could say about twenty twenty. But I still have a lot of processing to do on my end and I hope you all will too continue to work through it and think about it. But if you listen to this, if you found it helpful, please consider sharing with a loved one and just sending me a DM on social media or a message through my website. I love to hear from you guys. I love to see who's listening and what you're getting out of it. So thank you so much for tuning in and until next week.